Hey friends, welcome to the Encourage Inspire podcast. My name is Nina. And I am Nathan. In this episode, we're going to be talking with our oldest daughter, Naomi, about a recent trip she took overseas. We're going to be fleshing out some ideas that we talked about in episode 13 and 14, and we're really excited to have Naomi join us as our first solo guest. Yes. Our passion is building faithful families. Thank you for walking alongside us as we share stories and talk about the lessons we are learning. Nina, in episode 13, we talked about handing over the keys. And then in episode 14, we talked about serving a dangerous God. It was interesting when we were recording our last podcast because Naomi was actually overseas. How did you feel when we welcomed her back home? I was just ready to hear her stories uh, about what she had done, about what she'd learned with God. But it was also nice just to give her a big, big hug and welcome her back because we did miss her while she was gone. But I was really excited for her to experience this opportunity without being with our family on a trip like this. So Naomi, what was it like to be away for an extended period of time, uh, especially away from us as a family? What was it like when you got back home? I was really excited to come back home because I had missed my family. And even though I got to see God working, it was nice to be able to come back and just be with family and see how God is also working in our home. So again, we were super excited to have you back. Something I want to talk about about your trip is something that I've seen in your life and something you've communicated. I know that you enjoy ministering to children. Before we talk about that experience overseas, just tell me a little bit about why that's important for you. I like working with kids because I just like being in like that mentor spot and being able to pour in the kids' lives and just see the different like personalities and how each child is so different and reflects God and his, the way he like created things because most children are super innocent and they ask all these silly questions and it's so filling whenever I work with kids. Just see how God has his hand in all of it. I can relate to that, Naomi. In our own family, we have not only dad in my personality, but we have six different kids who have many, or they don't have many personalities, but they... The way their personality is is different. We also see how God is working in each one of your lives. The way he made you to be and the way he made your siblings to be, it is it is a, a beautiful thing to, to watch and be able to grow that in someone else. So Naomi, as you were sharing about your experience in El Salvador, you were talking about uh, one of your most memorable opportunities with sharing your testimony with some kids um, during a, a church service. Naomi, tell me more about the situation of the kids that you were able to minister to on that Wednesday night. Many of the kids that live in El Salvador, they have grown up without their parents. 90% of them don't have their parents around. Is there a particular reason why that's the case? There was a lot of gang violence and the parents were basically forced to be a part of that. And so the government of El Salvador, they basically put all the people who are associated with the gangs into prison. So a lot of the kids who had parents that were associated with the gangs, their parents got thrown into prison. So they now have to live with grandparents or neighbors. And that makes the responsibility of the neighbors and grandparents, they have to feed all those kids that they may have taken in. 
So something that you had said that you connected with the kids is is they have this transition happening in their life. They're moving around a lot. They're having to make friends. Why were some of those topics really important to you? How does that connect with your life experience? Part of my testimony that I was able to share with the kids was how I moved from Indonesia. During that, I shared with them how it was so hard to move from my home and make new friends. A lot of those kids seemed to really connect with like the moving and the struggling with friends because that was something that they had experienced. As they responded to your testimony, to your message, what were you seeing in them as you were sharing your story? A lot of the kids in El Salvador, they are very attentive whenever you're speaking, especially as like a foreigner. You look different, right? Yeah, definitely. Whenever I was talking about having moved and struggling in those ways, a couple of them, you could just tell that they like lit up and like a connecting moment happened. And they're like, oh, so you've experienced something like me. Like you've moved from a different place when I was about their age. They were asking me, were you sad about leaving your home? Did you struggle to make friends? And this is super cool how I was able to connect with those kids over something that was big in my life, but also in hindsight seems so small. Yeah, I I think this is a great example of why as believers, our willingness to share our story is so important. We have a story, we have connections, and sometimes we kind of seem to the outside world that life's perfect, which it's not. And so as we share our stories and make those connection points, there's opportunities to take those stories, our stories, and then push towards Jesus and let people see who Jesus is as well. It's interesting listen, listening to you talk about this. Like, it made me teary-eyed. <laughs> um thinking about how our our experience as a family impacted you in that way, but then how bring it full circle and how you were able to use that in a testimony time to impact someone else's life. Um, yeah, that's, I mean, that's just, that's su- super powerful. Naomi, as a family, we were able to invite volunteers to come visit us at times. And, and something that I always wanted to encourage any volunteer was, how you live your life in the States really shouldn't be any different than how you live your life in an overseas context. So tell us a little bit more about how are you ministering to kids here in the U.S. as well to equip them, to encourage them? About this time last year, I was at a camp and I felt this calling from God that, well, I was hanging out with a lot of that year, sixth graders and seventh graders, the girls specifically, I was getting to pour into them and that made me super excited. So I started talking to our youth pastor and I was like, hey, am I able to lead a Sunday school? Eventually they said yes. And now like on Sunday mornings, I get to pour into these wonderful girls and it just makes my heart so happy to be able to share the information that I have that I've learned from the Bible, from other people and be able to like share with them what I know and give them advice and what I've experienced and what I've seen. So I think an objection or a pushback some people might say is, well, I, I don't feel equipped. I don't have enough experience. 
I'm, I'm looking at you and I know who you are and I know your giftings, but this was your first time to take this kind of leadership role as a teacher. What would you say to somebody who's going, but God, no, no, it, it's not time. I'm not ready. <laughs> How would you encourage somebody who's struggling with that? If you feel a calling from God, there's a reason for that. I have always been a strong person who likes to take charge. <laughs> like God can use that and keep refining it. And it doesn't matter if you know very little. Just share the knowledge that you do have. You can just like pour into other people. And it doesn't matter about the amount you know. Or if you know a lot, that's great. But just share what you know. So, babe, I want to get your input on this as well. Uh, what are your thoughts about whether you have a little knowledge or a lot of knowledge? Like, how, how does this wrap up with the idea of discipleship? I'm glad you asked that because I was just thinking about that when Naomi was talking. We have learned in discipleship that you just need to be one step ahead of the other person that you're discipling. So no matter how much or how little you know, if you have knowledge about something that you can pass on to someone else, then then you're a step ahead, right? Or at least in, in maybe in an area. It doesn't have to be in every every area. And so just as long as we are passing on what we know, then that's discipleship. I'm in agreement with both of you and what you said. I think there's this interesting opportunity as we disciple others. Sometimes we go, well, if I don't know something, then I am failing at discipleship. Actually, I find the opposite to be true. If you don't know something, you tell the person, I don't know that. Let's study it together. Let's examine it together. So instead of you being the master keeper of all knowledge, passing it on to like a a teacher-student relationship, now you're actually walking alongside in this journey together. And there's some incredible opportunities to minister and disciple with, with that pattern as well. Naomi, when you were talking to us about your experience, you also mentioned how the local church in El Salvador was very encouraging to your faith. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? So the church in El Salvador, they are a community together. They live life pretty much every day with each other. And it was so cool seeing how they went out into the different communities and were able to love others. They may not have shared the gospel at that direct moment, but they were still showing God's love to the people in those communities. They were very accepting of people who we would say are like the social outcast. So when, you, when you're talking about this, I think of how Jesus showed up and invited the tax collectors and people that were outcasts. Did you see that being played out where the body of Christ in El Salvador was welcoming those people? Yes, on Thursday night, we actually got to go out and talk with some prostitutes and some transgender people, and we got to pray for them. It was it was very spiritually heavy. Why did you feel like it felt heavy when you were doing that and talking with people? I had never experienced very many people who were prostitutes or transgenders, and just throughout the night, we kept praying We were asking God to have his hand in the ministry that the church that we were with was doing. Naomi, one more thing you shared is that the pastor of the church that you all worked with, 
he has opportunities and there's these events where the people that they've ministered to are welcome to come to the building. Is that is that correct? Yes. You said something really interesting is that the way that the church is interacting with these people, although they don't condone their behavior, that the people feel loved and that's why they come. Why do you think the people, the outcasts that we talked about, wanted to be with people who said that they're followers of Jesus? The church, they build relationships. Many of the people who they work with and minister to, they have built this relationship over the course of years. The people, they realize that there's a different way about them, and they can see that. They they do. They feel the love, not only of God, but of people that would normally say, you guys are outcasts. But they, they're, they're saying, no, we're showing up and, and we care about you. I've already mentioned episode 13 and 14, Naomi. Mom and I, we've been wrestling with how to equip you, your, your sisters and brother, how to equip you to be the future version, the God-desired version of yourself that God wants for you. And so one important thing for us is making sure that religiosity or a, a works-based system is not put in place in our family. Our desire is that, that your choice to follow God, to make Jesus your forever boss, that, that indeed is your choice. Can you share just a little bit about when you made that choice and, and why you believe it, it really was your choice and not something that we pushed on you or pressed you to do? I was really young when I believed and I think I was about six years old. So I have been a believer for over 10 years now. Even at such a young age, I knew that what I had as a believer was my own because there's just something that like this peace that you can't really explain. Just over the course of my life, there have been times where like I've felt this and just through my own experiences and my own deep searching. What has your searching led you to? Just discovering that God is my God and I have made him that. He has called me to be his and I have placed him in the front of my life. I'm super excited to hear that statement. And that's what we want for, for everybody in our family. That's what we want for our listeners today and their families as well. Something that you said is that there's a peace, and I, I'm reminded of the verse, a peace that passes all understanding. Um, if I were to try to give you peace, it's a peace that is only within my understanding. So I praise God that you have found his peace, the Prince of Peace, um, because kiddo, that is the peace you need because mom and dad can't give you that. Um, even though we deeply desire to give you that, we want that for you. We know that we have to surrender you into God's hands. When we were talking about this podcast, um, and we don't have to talk about the specifics, but you were talking about one evening in core group. Mom and I were saying one thing as we were discussing some scripture, and your mind was in a different place. And that was one another evidence of it being your faith, that, that you don't just think what we think because we think it. Can you tell me more about that? One evening when we were doing house church, I don't exactly know how this got brought up, but I think we were talking about how Jesus was being tempted. You guys said something, and then another person said something else, and you guys were talking, and I'm like, I don't know if I think that is true, or I don't know if I fully agree with what you have said. 
it's okay to have differences. So that's when I realized that not only then, but I knew that my faith was my own because if it wasn't, I would have totally agreed with everything that you had said. Just because we said it, right? Right. Now, what what is the thing we say in core group? When we have disagreements, when we have different thoughts, we let the scripture do what for us? Guide us. We let scripture guide us. So as we walk with you, Naomi, in your faith journey, that's that's where we want to point you. We want to point you to scripture, let you wrestle with it, let the Holy Spirit speak to you, instruct you. And even though you are under our care, you are ultimately under God's care. I would agree with all of that. Even if you disagree with us about something, as long as you are going to scripture and looking at it and asking God for wisdom, asking him for speaking truth to you, letting him guide you in that process, like dad already said, then that's what we want for you as well, is that you're you're seeking him, you're asking for his wisdom. I hope that dad and I can give godly wisdom to you, but God is going to be the best source of that wisdom. Every family has their own culture and way of doing things in life. As we've talked about in previous episodes, handing over the keys to you, if there were any ways our family or the things that we've been able to teach you has helped you in life skills. Mom has taught us to be able to like provide for ourselves. So she has taught us how to make our own meals and even do our own laundry as well as like cleaning. We have left our house sometimes and when we've come back, like after a week, I have noticed how important it was to clean our house, even though that is a very boring job at times. Something I want to ask you about is, is that just something that you do for yourself? What's the importance of these skills that mom's been teaching you in context of family life? Because are you saying you just cook for yourself? I know the answer. No, I do not cook just for myself. Some of these things are ways we serve our family, right? Yes. What does that mean to you? Like, how does it feel to know that you're being prepared for something that's not only for you in your next stage of life, but even for that following stage, perhaps when you're ready to to grow a family? Well, that's definitely far in the future. (laughs) That's great. Um, (laughs) I'm fine with that. That's good. I hope it does not happen anytime soon, but when it does... You guys have just like giving me that assurance that I will know how to take care of myself and I will not just walk into the next step of my life blindly. Are there any other skills that you've picked up along the way in these 16 years of life that you're like, I know I'm going to need this in the future? Dad, you've done a great job of helping us learn how to handle money. That is something that is very important. You have helped us just understand that we have to handle money in different ways. Like one way is our spending, and then we also will have a savings. And how we do it in our family is we also have a tithe, which goes to God or the ministry and whatever we see a need. Yeah, and we call that God money, right? Yes. (laughs) And it's our acknowledgement that everything belongs to God, but we are giving back to Him and His works so that His kingdom can grow on on earth as, as it is in heaven. Okay, so we've kind of made a, uh, a transition through our last statement. What are some ways that you feel like we've equipped you? Or what are some ways you feel like the culture of our family has helped you be ready to live out your faith? Our family is great in showing, even if it's just us at home, we still need to be loving towards others. And sometimes that is hard, especially when 
your siblings and sometimes you fight, but we still have to come back and reconcile with each other and admit that we were wrong and just forgive each other. Our family is like our base in how we live our life. Do you feel like mom and I show that example of asking for forgiveness or is that something that we're uh, do as we say, not as we do? Or do you feel like we live that out? I don't see you guys fight a lot, but if you have done something that you think may have hurt the other person, you definitely ask for forgiveness. Does that apply just to mom and I in our relationship or do we live that out well with you kiddos? Not to put you on the spot or anything. (laughs) You guys definitely do a good job about asking us for forgiveness if you have wronged us. That was that was challenging for me because I was thinking, you know, when you were a two or three year old, um, there were times I did things that were wrong against you. And so uh, it felt really funny the first couple of times. Hey, Naomi, like little three year old Naomi, um, (laughs) will you forgive daddy for getting grumpy at you and and being a little sharp with you? And you really didn't know what to do. Like, oh, yeah, sure, daddy. That's fine. Like that was hard, but we, we had to develop that practice in our life as well. I would agree with that. But I also, sometimes when I do that to some of the girls, they're like, you weren't, you weren't grumpy. And I'm like, well, I felt like I was. And so I do need to ask for forgiveness right now. And so maybe sometimes the other person doesn't even know we've wronged them, but it doesn't mean that we shouldn't ask for forgiveness. And I hope that we show you love in that way that we honor and respect you all as well as as our children and and not to create bitterness or or anger in your hearts as as we interact with you are there any other ways we live out body life or or church life as a family that you feel is going to prepare you for the future we do a great job about living in community we try to like interact with our friends throughout the week. And sometimes life gets crazy and you can't always meet up, but we love each other and our family. And that also extends out to the way we treat others outside of our family. So something you brought up earlier, you actually called it house church. Um, (laughs) and, And I'm not afraid or ashamed of that statement. Why is house church meaningful you meaningful to you just as much as Um, some of the other church experiences that you have um, throughout the week? So house church is what I've always called it. I don't always call it core group, which is what a majority of the people do call it. But that is where we get to do life as the church. That it's not just like a Sunday thing. We get to pour into each other. There are so many conversations that happen in how we live our life with our church members. We did have two episodes called Stop Going to Church. And just as a reminder, what we desire as a family is to be the church and to do the things that God has called his church to do, what he's called his bride to be. I was thinking when you said that, it reminded me of when the ladies in our group wanted to gather around you and pray for you before you went on your trip. And that was, that just really meant a lot to me that they wanted to rally around you and love on you in that way and prepare prepare your heart and to serve the Lord and encourage you. And so they, they actually encouraged me as well in the process. 
one of the common things that we talk about on our podcast is building faithful families because it's very important to us and our faith and to our families. Naomi, do you have any advice for parents who want to build faithful families? Two things that I think are very important is having a Bible time as a family. We do one every night and we do a little child's book, but all of us can always take something away from that. I think it's super important that families get together and dive into the word to just know what God wants them to do. That's interesting, Naomi. You're saying not just have our personal time, which we would all advocate for, but having time as a family to to meditate and to learn God's word. Is that what you're saying? Yes. So, so what was the other item that you were thinking that would be really important to build faithful families? Another important thing is having another believing family that will walk alongside you. I love all my friends who are believers and like they get to pour into me and I can pour back into them. Is that just something that happens like between kids or do you feel like that crosses um, between generations? And why is it important for you when, when those families pour back into you? It's definitely is not just with your peers. It can definitely be an older to younger or a younger to an older. <laughs> I have definitely learned things from very young children. And I have definitely had a lot of experience with people who are older pouring into me. And that is so beneficial um, to both people. Naomi, we've actually heard that there are kids that listen to our podcast, which excites us tremendously. So I want uh, to give you an opportunity. We've talked to parents who want to build faithful families. What advice do you have for children, maybe kids your age, people who are younger than you, that are a part or want to be a part of a faithful family? What would you encourage those kids to do? A big thing that you need to do is communicate with one another And that is so huge, especially when you have eight people in your family. It is so important with all the communication that you be clear and let others know like what you are experiencing. And also like be involved with your family. It is very important as well to do things with each other and participate and just be with each other. As a teenager, you might not always want to be with us, uh, but I do appreciate the fact that that we desire, like we we move past our flesh and we're trying to live in the spirit. Again, you're you're a participant. You are a a part of this faithful family that we desire to build together, and and we're so glad that that you're a part of our family. Anina, do you have any closing words for Naomi or an encouragement for her as we think about her next steps in life. Naomi, I just want to encourage you to all your days to follow after the Lord, not to trust in your own understanding, as it says in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, but to trust in Him, that He will direct your path. It doesn't mean that we're not going to stumble or fall, or we may not know in the moment what we're supposed to do, but He is faithful to lead you, even in the waiting even in the stumbling and the goodness too. He's there with you and he's faithful to to be with you through whatever future experience you you'll be encountering. 
Hey friend, we appreciate you listening to our stories and thank you for listening to Naomi as she tells part of her story as we desire to be a faithful family together. We pray that this conversation was an encouragement to you. We pray that you can see and and have hope for something in your children or your future families. And may it all be for God's glory and for his honor. As we've said already, we desire that our kiddos have their own faith. We praise God that Naomi has hers, and uh, we look forward to seeing what he has planned for her in the future. And she might be on the podcast again some other time to share a little (laughs) bit more about other parts of her life. So thank you for listening. As a reminder, please like, comment, uh, pass along our podcast. And if you have any prayer requests, check out the email address in the description of this podcast. We'd love to pray for you all. Have a great day. Blessings. Yep, blessings. I think a, an encouraging thing that I would like to tell Naomi is that her faith in God is what will drive you. If if you continue in your faith with him, then he's going to guide you down a path that will glorify him. That doesn't mean we're not going to make mistakes. We do. But if you're trying to seek him, seek his his path for you, you know, trust in the Lord with all your heart and don't lean on your own understanding because sometimes our understanding of a situation isn't, we don't see the full picture like God does. And so just keep seeking him, keep finding him. And when things get difficult, when things are good, He he's the one that is faithful. He's the one that will help you in any next step that you have in your life. I've seen, I've seen you do that. And it would be, it's, it's a blessing to see him work in your life when you were gone on your trip, just knowing that he is the one that's faithful.